0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets. And good morning, good afternoon, wherever the case may be. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Weber here, host for the next 30 minutes on Pet Life Radio's live Call-in radio show, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Live call-in, that means live, that's we're here now. And call in 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. Or better yet, you can now join us live on Google Hangouts. Just go on to PetLifeRadio.com, click on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab, scroll Hangouts link, left to you there by our producer, Mark, and uh, we will be able to you know talk to you live, in person, with your pets, hopefully on your lap and um, answer any questions you may have about your pets. And because I know many of you are shy out there, we do get some emails. We'll talk about your questions via email. If you'd like to join us, though, that's even better. So um, anyway, as I often like to do, well, first of all, thanks to our sponsors, Bravecto, 12-week protection against fleas, ticks, also More Than a Cone, through Kong Veterinary Products, Raising Awareness of Animal Welfare through the Arts, and, of course, Save This Life Microchip. And um, well, first of all, as I like to peruse the DVM 360 and AVMA Smart Beat, that's the American Veterinary Medical Association and the American Animal Hospital Association news, I like to uh, just share with you some things going on, things that are that are sort of making kind of headlines, important stuff. One thing that I knew was going to be coming, I, I we're still anxiously awaiting more information, but all about cannabis and pets. That's right marijuana and our pets what is the deal you know i just saw something on the news last night that you know there are states that have already legalized here in california supposedly after january 1st 2018 we will have legalization i've heard there's some hang-ups going on in the state legislature right now so i'm not sure how that's going to pan out but i know that uh in colorado of course i mean when i was in aspen oh about a month and a month and a half ago you walk into these pot stores and It's like, it's like, yeah, there are like 60 different varieties. Yeah. It boggles your mind. And so now there is a drive-through cannabis pot market in Las Vegas where you can literally, who needs McDonald's or Burger King? when you could drive up, Well, I guess you will need them because after you have the pot and you end up with a little munchies, I through food restaurants as well, but you just drive up, you you give them your order. There's a a big board outside. It tells you what's there, how much that's kind of crazy. So, uh, but what about our pets? You know, that we're all, we're all talking about the effects. Now we know the negative effects. We know go online. You could go on the web. You can see stories after stories, picture videos of these dogs that are inebriated, if you will, on marijuana. And you can't use that as your guide because, you know, as we say, if you make edibles, so you got those cookies, right? And your offer will eat a cookie. If a dog gets a hold of that same plate, they're not stopping at one cookie. You know that. So the reason why we have the problems that we have, the reason why in Colorado, as an example, the incidence of emergency animals brought in to the emergency clinics in Colorado because of marijuana toxicity rose by 400%, four times. So that's crazy. But again, it's because it's our fault. I mean, who who offers their dog a whole plate of brownies or a whole plate of cookies or whatever cupcakes whatever the edibles are going to be so of course they're going to eat the whole thing so that's why these animals were really high so we've talked about this before the big issue that's affecting us right now is we don't know what the total toxicity effects when they kick in at what concentration so here are the hurdles And the reason for the study is, and fortunately, CSU, Colorado State University, has been finally doing some scientific studies. We need to know, obviously, the active toxic ingredient is THC. And the pure cannabidiol is a non-THC. So the cannabis and cannabis oils and cannabis product, those do have THC. So for now, we do know that as far as safety, CBD cannabidiol is pretty safe and has a lot of protective good effects from pain, anxiety, decreasing epilepsy, shrinking cancers. I mean, there's the studies are out there and they're being done. We're going to make it more scientific. The problem is, is that the varieties of marijuana out there are so great. There are so many. And each one with their different percentages and amounts of THC, this system has to be organized in such a way that we know that we'll be able to predict or have scientific research showing what amount, milligram per pound, milligram per kilogram of THC is going to be detrimental to pets. It's going to start causing some toxic effects. And it's very difficult to start studying the beneficial effects until we know the toxic effects. Now, we do know the LD50. The LD50 is the lethal dose, that the dose of marijuana that 50% of animals getting it will die. And that's pretty heavy dose. That's that's like three grams. And we're talking about milligrams. We're talking about grams per kilogram of body weight. That means a 20 kilo dog, 45 pound dog, right? Would have to eat 60 grams of marijuana. That's pretty bad. No one's going to leave around 60 grams. I no don't know going to own 60 grams. So that we know, but we don't know as far as just what some of the normal regular toxic effects are and when they start kicking in. So that's where it becomes an issue. And until we know that. Then it's going to be very difficult to study the beneficial effects. We know they're out there. We know from the human side, but obviously dogs are different. Pets are different. Uh, cats probably won't be as affected. They're smarter when it comes to stuff like that. They don't eat things that just for the sake of eating it. As I said, with my dogs, for example, my Labrador, you know, most dogs will sniff. Right? They may give a little taste. My lab will eat first and ask questions later. So he's eating the craziest things. It's like, what, how could you even like that? And who knows? Anyway, so stay tuned for more. At least the needle is moving in the right direction. At least we're we're starting to learn to study. There's a veterinarian at CSU who's taken this on, and she's leading some research studies to determine what is safe, when do we see toxic effects, and then what can we count on using these various products to help our pets. We do know that many dogs, for example, vomit on certain pain medications like like opiates. And so we don't want that. So if there are some proven beneficial effects to using cannabis products that can help reduce pain without the side effects, if anything, make them feel better, then obviously that's a great thing that we can add to what we do when it comes to our pets. Now, this I've known before because I've treated snakes before that have had this happen. And as many of you, I don't know, show of hands, how many own snakes, right? But they're actually pretty cool pets. I know a lot of people are afraid of them. But there are really a lot of cool non-poisonous, let me me just clarify, non-poisonous snakes out there. And um, so one of the things that, that people do is they think, and it's true maybe to a degree, that snakes like to eat live prey. So what do they do? They take these two mice, rats, whatever, depending on the size of the snake, and they put them in the cage. And before you know it, the snake will strangle and eat one of them. They eat these things whole. But then they're satiated for a while. You know, they only have to eat every few days. So it's like, it's not, they don't eat everything at once. And they're smarter than many of our dogs that will gorge themselves. So all of a sudden, so now you have this remaining rat or mouse, uh, some sort of rodent in the cage, right? In the, the, the terrarium with the, with the snake. And it's starting to get hungry. So what does it start doing? It starts nibbling on the snake. And I've had these snakes come in with multiple lacerations, multiple or, or around its whole body. And it's not an uncommon problem, meaning it's actually pretty potentially common. So we do know that happens. And the recommendation is by this uh, expert, this uh, who does exotics, is you're better off with going pre-killed prey. So if you want to feed, you can get these freshly killed or freshly killed and then frozen prey. The snakes are not as interested in the chase as one might think. They're more interested in the food and they will eat it. They will be satisfied. And yet you don't have to run the risk that the snake itself is going to get eaten by its prey. It's supposed to be, you know, that's it's the other way around. So the snake is supposed to be the predator, not the prey. All right. Now, in Rhode Island, a new law, which I think I like. And, you know, obviously we deal with this over the country. And different municipalities have their own rules and regulations. Certain shelters have their own rules, and regulations. But now this is state law that in Rhode Island, if any animal that is picked up and brought into a shelter has identification, they have to actually show some reasonable efforts to identify the owners based on that ID, whether it's a microchip an ID tag, whatever. But after 10 days, after 10 days, if that pet is not claimed, it can then be open for adoption and they will work with adoption facilities. So in other words, their goal is, of course, let's try to find the owner first. But if we can't, there's only so much we can do. We don't want to put that dog on death row or that pet on death row. So what we're going to do is we're going to give it 10 days, try to find the owner, do our best, and then if not, we're going to go ahead and um, work with some of the adoption agencies, and I think that's a great idea. Another thing, we've talked about this before, and I was going through this discussion with a client recently about diabetes. It's interesting how a lot of people don't know that diabetes in pets is really not that uncommon. It does happen. And dogs typically, regardless of age, regardless of age, will get type 1 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes is like people, juvenile onset diabetes, which typically is insulin-dependent diabetes. Now, it can happen in uh, older people as well, but generally, generally in people, juvenile diabetes, insulin-dependent diabetes, that's where the, the eyelid cells are no longer functioning and delivering insulin to the body, to the blood. We have to supplement the body with insulin. That is a young onset disease. In dogs, it is generally the way they get it, period. Whether they get diabetes when they're young, middle age, or even old, it's typically insulin-dependent, type 1 diabetes. Cats, on the other hand, get typically type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is the kind of diabetes that adult humans get, typically overweight, and has a lot to do with carb, carbohydrate metabolism, and intake, and the effects it has on the secretion of insulin or not, and this is a big problem. That's why we typically see it in overweight people. And But cats, regardless of age, when they get diabetes, they're going to get type 2 diabetes, which is non-insulin dependent. Now, oftentimes we have to give them insulin, but there are other ways through diet, through medication, uh, we can control the diabetes. And often with cats, we can ultimately eliminate the insulin uh, and we can can maintain them fairly well. Very important for these uh, cats to lose weight. Typically, they are overweight and um, it's a more manageable disease. And does not require, because some people have a tough time giving shots to their pets. Unfortunately, with type 1 diabetes and those type 2 diabetic cats that do need insulin, you have to learn how to give shots. There's no really good way, at least yet, to deliver insulin to get into the blood without giving it as an injection. So another bad thing about insulin is it's getting really expensive. I can't believe how expensive the insulin is getting, Hundreds of dollars a bottle. It used to be $30 a bottle. So, um, and that's, we we use obviously some Vetsulin. We use, you know, um, PGI insulin. We use the Humulins, uh, which are the type of insulins that are like from my, I think it's porcine insulin that we use for people. It's the same thing. We use the Humulin N often. I like that one a lot. In animals, it's usually twice a day. Some of them have tried to go once a day, but uh, typically we have to do twice a day insulin. And so you're going to have to learn how to give a shot if your pet has diabetes, but it's something that uh, needs to be done. Anyway, we are going to take a quick break, halfway, a little more than halfway through the show. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about winterizing your pets. Don't go away. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. As a dog, I know a lot about fleas and ticks. So trust me when I say no other tasty chew protects dogs as long as Brevecto. One Brevecto chew keeps fleas and ticks away for up to 12 weeks. Be a good human and ask your vet about Brevecto. Brevecto may cause vomiting. She was thrown out of a pickup truck. Somebody threw him out of a car and shattered his leg. They found her walking on the streets. Many have been abused, malnourished, eating garbage, scabs, Itching, licking, missing fur. There's this is commercial on TV that the ASPCA does. They want you to send in $19 a month for a dog in the shelter. I think you should go and adopt a dog from the ASPCA and then get that dog on Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot oh. com. You don't need to spend thousands on vet bills. Their answer is nutrition. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa, the digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. When you rescue a dog, you've got to feed him right for life. Every rescue deserves at least 90 days of Dynovite. 859 428 1000. 859 428 1000. DynaVite is nutrition. DynaVite for life. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot no. com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio, Pet life Radio. .com. <laughs> And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, And I wanted to just uh, spend the next uh, several minutes talking about winterizing your pets. It's getting colder out there. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, not necessarily in all places of the country, but I know back east and in the Midwest, it's starting to get a little chilly. And I, I think that just some pointers when it comes to our pets during cold weather. First of all, just like they need shade from the sun and the heat during summer, they need it from winter as well. In fact, sometimes with wind chill in many places, it is brutally cold. So if you are have a dog that's an outdoor dog and you're going to leave him outside during the day or especially night, I mean, I'm not a big fan. I think that in cold weather, dogs should definitely come in at night, mudroom or kitchen someplace, but make sure they have ample shelter. And if you have like a dog house or an area, get some sort of outside heater. That's very important because it gets really, really cold for these dogs. Water. They need water all the time. And yet, what happens in freezing temperatures, the water freezes. So, again, very important to come up with something. There are heated water bowls that you can find that will keep the water from freezing. There are, I've seen some water bowls that, that are double packed. They're like, have a, have a hollow a center filled with like an antifreeze. So, it's almost like a reverse thermos. And so, it will also prevent the water from freezing. I think the heated bowls work better. Again, if you uh, have if they have access to a warm area through like a doggy door into a garage or to their dog house, then, of course, keep the keep the water in there. But the wind chill is really brutal. How about their feet? A lot of dogs get irritated, and especially in municipalities that put chemicals down on sidewalks and streets to help melt the snow. Those are very irritating to dogs feet. So you might want to find some booties. Dogs can get frostbitten and so booties will will certainly help you could find them online they have them in stores just anything that protects the dogs from the elements outside and if you don't have that or your your walks are short and whatever when you come back make sure to check their feet wash their feet down rinse them that itself is uh, very important now for when it gets really cold and just like with people and even the arctic breeds obviously they can handle the cold better than many however They handle it well when they're moving. So it's very important that don't be afraid to take your dogs out in cold weather. As long as they're moving and running and they're getting to get their blood pumping, they'll do okay. They can do okay. The problems mostly lie when they're forced to sit in one area in, you know, without shelter from the wind and it's cold. That's a problem. Another issue, don't laugh at small dogs that are out there walking the streets with their sweaters because It's interesting concept, but the smaller the dog, the larger their body surface area is related to their body weight. So it's like an inverse relationship. So these little dogs, especially like little poms that have, they have hair, but it's like very fine hair, chihuahuas, little dachshunds, any of these small breeds that are outside, they will easily lose a lot of their own body temperature to the outside cold. So in order to protect them from the cold, it is actually critical. It's recommended that you dress them in some sort of outer wear, outer gear, because they need it. The larger the dogs don't need it as much. And as I said, as long as they're moving, I mean, I, when I go to the snow, I do a lot of snowboarding. You see dogs running around and having such a blast and they're chasing balls. As long as their heartbeats are going, they're playing, they're moving, they usually do well. The part that bothers me the most is that people don't take the necessary precautions during the day or night, especially if they're going to leave pets outside. And again, it's the protection from the wind, the wind chill, it's the cold weather, it's the water. That the freeze frozen water does not do them any good. So just think if it's less than 32 degrees out there, that water is going to freeze. So, better yet, come up with a way to protect that water, protect them. And if they're going to keep them outside again, I always am a fan of some sort of exterior heating in the midst of a major storm. I would, of course, try to keep your pets inside. They would prefer it. And I think it's a lot, well, I know, I know it's a lot healthier. It's a lot better for them. So, uh, anyway that's what we have time for we are at that uh half hour mark in the show so have a great week everybody we will talk next week about it's getting close but the holidays are coming starting with thanksgiving and we have to mention some of the do's and don'ts when it comes to food and the junk that our pets are allowed to get a hold of and the uh, people coming over and excitement so um, i often will talk about and then as we get closer to uh christmas we will and Hanukkah, we will talk about decorations. And yes, they're great, but you guys, uh, there's some warnings we have to give you when it comes to holiday decorations as well. So anyway, thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vet with Dr. Jeff. Thanks to uh, our sponsors, Save the Slice Microchip, Bravecto, and More Than a Cone. Uh, thanks to our producer, um, Mark Winter. And if you need to get a hold of me, if you'd like to ask a question, and you were shy easily to get a hold of me, just send me an email to drjeff at petliferadio.com. I will answer it. I will share it with our listeners on the show the following week. And uh, just think any question you have, I guarantee it's not unique to you. There are others out there that have the same question or having the same problem, the same issues, and would like some answers. So don't be shy. All right. Have a great week, everybody. See you next week. Let's Talk Pets every week on demand only on PetLightRadio.com.